This is Colin from Can I Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Twin. We also offer private events for your special occasions. Inquiries can be made on our website at pixels.beer. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZ-FM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. It is Monday night. It is Attitude Era Live time here on 89.1 Ken's FM. And we're going to have another big show tonight, just like we always do. And I do believe that Granny is waiting in the wings. Hello, Granny. How are you? I'm okay, Icon. Ready for another big show on 89.1 Ken's FM. And uh, suspicious by his absence tonight is uh, the modern nightmare, Matthias. He'll be back with us next week. Apparently, he got a little bit of an injury in his latest wrestling adventure. Hopefully, he'll join us next week, and he can tell us all about that. And I do apologize for the poor quality of our voice tonight. I do have an excuse. I do have a the worst summer cold I've ever had in my entire life. So if I sound a little different today, it's because I'm all stuffed up, but I am here to run the show tonight with Granny and myself, and we have a big guest lineup tonight, and we'll go over those here. Our first guest will be the legendary Les Thatcher, pro wrestler, Hall of Famer, trained by the great um, Tony Santanos and also known for his uh, Color uh, Color Flower Alley Club membership, and also his affiliation with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. So we're going to talk to him. And also tonight we have a very special treat. We have Roy Rogers' granddaughter. She wrote a book about her grandparents, Roy Rogers, and his wife, Dale Evans. Uh, the book is called Your Heroes, My Grandparents, A Granddaughter's Love. So we're going to talk to her about that. And in the 10 o'clock hour, we're going to have a interesting guest. Now, I booked this gentleman about maybe a year and a half ago, maybe. Uh, that's how busy his schedule is. It's Mark Dotson, and he is famously known for being the puppeteer for the little that little guy that sat on Jabba the Hutt's lap. He was the puppeteer and the voice of that little character. He's also been involved in Gremlins, Gremlins 2, and a lot of other stuff involving Star Wars, so we're going to talk to him about that. So that should be great, so stick with us for the 10 o'clock hour interview. Let's get get everybody caught up on what's going on. We'll start with Granny. What is new with you other than the fact that someone has hacked your account? I know we can't go into too much detail on that, but what else has been happening? Well, other than that, just 
my weekend was just really very frustrating. You know, it's very sad that people have so much time on their hands that they have to do this. And, you know, I had a lot of friends on my original Facebook account. And now, you know, I had to start a whole new Facebook account. They hacked my Instagram account. And I'm, you know, and I can't really get in, I can't get into my Instagram account to delete it. And I'm not even sure I want to try to even delete my old Facebook account. But, you know, I had a lot of friends on my Facebook list that I don't have anymore because of me having to start a new account. And I'm just being very cautious because I'm normally very careful. I, I normally don't. I see something pop them up in Facebook Messenger and it don't look right. I just delete it and or I'll check their page, you know, see. And sure enough, my friend, supposedly what I thought was my friend, sending me this message about a clothing line, she had gotten hacked Friday as well. And I didn't see it in time. And then when that happened, I started getting messages like, from friends, hey, are you starting a clothing line? I'm like, no, do not click on the link. I mean, I even screenshotted a picture of the comment that my one friend sent to me. And, you know, it's just, it's very sad. I mean, if I wasn't part of the independent wrestling scene like I am, helping promoters like I do with their shows, I wouldn't even have Facebook. I mean, I just, I it, it's just gotten to that point where, I was so frustrated, and you can't talk to a live person, you know, so, but I mean, other than that ordeal, I mean, I'm good, you know, it's just, uh, it's so hard to believe that June is just around the corner, so any of our guests that we've had on our shows that I'm, that I became friends with through this show, I apologize. I mean, right now, I'm not sending out any new friend requests or accepting anything right now until I know this new account, you know, nothing happened with this new account yet. So I'm being very cautious. But, you know, so it may be a while before, you know, even if I get those friends back, you know. I'm And I read, actually, if you don't do anything, if you keep an account, inactive and you don't do anything for it for a year, Facebook will delete it. So maybe as long as I don't touch that old account, maybe Facebook will, will do away with it. I don't know. You know, I hope so because I can't seem to find the right answers that I need to get the problem solved. So, But, you know, other than that, I'm good. So well, Granny, very I might, frustrating. I might, I might be able to help you out with that. Well, uh, I'll, I'll look into it this week, and I'll see what I can do about trying to help you get back into your old account. I have. I don't want. Tri- I don't want to get into my. I don't want to get into my old account because I'm. That's the one that I'm pretty sure got hacked. So, I want to try to get rid of it. <laughs> All right. Or I can try and get into it for you, and then delete it and go from there. So we'll see what happens. I, ha- yeah. I have. I have a few ideas for you. So. I know a few people that could probably help you out, so we'll uh, work on that for you, no problem. Let's catch up with me. As everybody knows, last week I announced how two weeks ago, Bernadette, my wife, and myself, we bought our first house, and we spent the weekend there this weekend. I had no idea that I am going to have to become Mr. Fix-It on certain things. I have never been technical. I, I'm 
well, let me rephrase that. When it comes to home improvement and stuff, I, I, I've dabbled in it. I've watched people do it. However, I'm going to have to start calling some of my friends to help me with it. I mean, I'll do all the work. That's not the problem. However, I need to have a friend of mine or a couple friends of mine that know how to do this and repair stuff and walk me through it. I'll do everything. I just need to be taught a little bit on how to fix stuff. Apparently, I need to replace the faucet in the kitchen. I need to uh, seal the uh, the toilet in the master bathroom, so I got to do that. And I got a whole lot of different locks in the house that I need to repair and fix or replace because every single house in our every single door in our house has a deadbolt and a regular doorknob. We do not have keys for any of these doors. So if we were to lock one of these doors, we would not be able to get into them. So I spent all weekend last weekend duct taping the door, whatever you want to call them, open, so they could not be locked so we can so we don't get locked out of our rooms until I either replace the locks or I get keys. So that's the dilemma I'm gonna be going through in the next several weeks. And also trying to find someone to help move us because we need everything packed and moved, because unfortunately with my injury, my surgery, I cannot lift anything or move anything. My wife has a bad hip, she needs to have that replaced, so she can't really lift or move anything. So we need help. And I'm okay, all of, their, all of all, all of Icon's wrestling friends up in North Dakota. I hope you're listening to the show because y'all need to help Icon and Bernadette move. <laughs> well, you know the thing is, I don't think there's anybody that's willing to. Uh, we're gonna have to find a company that's gonna help pack and uh, pack everything and move everything because everything needs to be packed too. And I unfortunately do have a lot of stuff to move and pack, so. That's my dilemma. Hopefully next week I'll have a better update on what's going on. I plan to. That's that's basically me in a nutshell. Now, usually we'd ask Matthias what's going on with him, but apparently uh, he, uh, I guess he hurt his knee or something in the ring, and he really can't do stairs all that well. I just hope that doesn't keep him under the ring for an extended period of time because the way he the way it sounded in his text, it sounded pretty serious. So I know he's listening. Hopefully he is going to recover, and he'll be here next week. Because this is a circus. So get well, Matthias. Join us quickly next week. We'll be waiting for you. So our first guest, we're waiting for our first guest to call. It's Les Thatcher. We're going to talk to him. And we're coming up on the anniversary of his debut in wrestling, which was July 4th of 1960. So it's pretty close. It's a couple months away, I know, but we'll talk to him about that. So, Granny, get your wrestling questions ready. (laughs) And get your Roy Rogers questions ready for Roy Rogers' granddaughter who's going to be on with us. And also get your Star Wars questions ready because we're covering all the gamuts tonight. Anywho, I found out something interesting, though, about becoming a homeowner. It's a lot of fun 
it's also a lot of work. I kind of, I kind of was always thinking about the fun part, how much fun it would be to own a house. I wasn't expecting how much work would go into it after owning There's it. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of work. Yes, there is. There's a lot of work. And Bernadette will probably be getting her honey to-do list ready for you, too, Icon. <laughs> it's already started. Oh, it's already started. Okay. As a matter of fact, I think the top thing on our list uh, for this weekend is make me breakfast. That's the first thing on the honey do list. Make me breakfast. Make me breakfast. Okay. So, so, I, so I put, is Homer is Homer and is Homer and your kitty cat there yet or not? As a matter yeah. of fact, no, they have, they have not been out there yet. We have not brought them out there yet. Okay. We'll probably bring okay. them out there this weekend. Okay. I we was wondering kind of, how they how they were liking the new new space. So you know, I know because one I, thing they I'll, were not. I'll tell, I'll, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I'll I'll tell you because when we were getting Anthony packed up before he moved to his new place, poor little Mysterio had no clue what was going on. That poor little dog was so confused. He had no clue. I mean, he was sticking his head in boxes like, okay, what are you doing? What? And then the weekend that we took him and Mysterio up there to spend that weekend right before that got his stuff moved in on Monday, you know, a couple of days later, Mysterio was like, okay, Grandma and Grandpa, you brought Daddy and I up here. Why are you leaving us here in this new place <laughs> kind of look? <laughs> <laughs> they may get a little confused, so. Well, you know, I'm thinking, Granny, that imagine what Homer will will be like when he first meets you and then you go away. Think of how heartbroken he'll be after uh, meeting Granny. I know. Granny, I, I know Granny. for the first time, and then and then and then me leaving. I know. Well, because I know the times that I have stayed at Anthony's house, actually taking care of Mysterio. Like when Anthony's been out of town with his friends or in the hospital or whatever, you know, that poor little dog wouldn't hardly eat for two days because he didn't know where his daddy was, you know. So, and he loves his grandma very, very much. I mean, <laughs> David and Anthony say that I have him brainwashed, but that's not the case, folks. I, I love my grand dog very, very much. I love my grand dog. And hopefully, Homer, someday, Granny will get to meet you, so... I know you've been waiting well, so patiently all these years for Granny to meet me for to Granny to meet you. So, well, hopefully you'll be hopefully you'll be willing to come out uh, during the uh, housewarming party when we have that. Well, hopefully so. It depends on when it is. So. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll tell you what. It looks like our first guest is waiting in the wings. So awesome. we're going to take a quick little timeout. We'll be back after these messages. Stick with us for our first guest. And we will be here after the flip side. So stay with us. Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended stay pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. 
He is a legend of the wrestling ring. And he's going to tell us all about pinning everybody down that he has ever faced. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the living legend. He is Les Thatcher. Hey, this is Les Thatcher. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday live on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. How are you, Mr. Thatcher? How are you, sir? Good to have you. I'm hanging in there. How about you? Well, we're doing pretty good. You know, it took a while to get uh, get this set and get you on the show, but uh, it's been worth the wait, so we're going to have a little fun here with a little wrestling talk and a little PG language, and we're going to have a lot of fun with you tonight. Hopefully you're ready. Well, I'll try to stay awake long enough. You know how we old guys are. We may fall asleep. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll. What you What you got going on? Well, you know, the the one thing that you never, ever wanted to do is fall asleep in the ring, right? Absolutely. That would be a bad situation. So, now, you you actually started wrestling. Your first debut, correct me if I'm wrong, was July 4th of 1960. Is that correct? That is correct. And you were trained by the great Tony uh, Santos. Well, Tony San- it was Tony Santos' gym, uh, yes. Uh, Tony actually never was physically the trainer. He was a promoter. Uh, Ronnie, Cowboy Ronnie Hill, uh, uh, Tony's son Gene, uh, and several other wrestlers came in from, uh, from time to time. They were the actual trainers. But, yes, that's where I started. That's also where um, Bob Harmon, the original Beautiful Bobby, started. Uh, Rufus R. Jones, Dusty Rhodes started uh-huh. nine years after I did. And you, you've been in a lot of, uh, you work for a lot of different territories, the NWA, Mid-America, uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, um, you were NWA Rookie of the Year in 1967, you, you were a member of the Mid-Atlantic Hall of, Hall of Heroes in 2013, inject, inducted the Smoky Mountain Wrestling uh, Hall of Fame Class of 94, so you, you've done it all, man, and you're also a member of the Cauliflower Alley Club, I can, I can never say that word, I just have trouble with that word. What, cauliflower? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, uh, actually I was on the uh, board of directors there for a while as well, but yeah, I haven't been out there in a while. Actually, uh, to catch you up, uh, this July in Waterloo, Iowa, I'm going to be inducted into the uh, Tragos Thez Hall of Fame. Awesome. Yeah. And do you think that uh, the WWE Hall of Fame is in your future at some point, or is that something uh, you don't want to You know, I doubt it. I never wrestled uh, for WWE. I've worked with the company, as you know, as a trainer, and but I, I never actually wrestled uh, for Vince or his dad. You know what's interesting, though, about the WWE Hall of Fame, and uh, I just want to touch on this just a little bit, and then because this is your time, not uh, we're not talking about the WWE, but. You know, the one, there is one gentleman that you, you usually work with that I'm surprised is not in the WWE Hall of Fame. It should be uh, Lance Russell. Yeah, you know, yeah, Lance. Well, you know, that's one of the things I can say with my I was blessed uh, to share microphones with Lance, Gordon Soley, Bob Cottle, uh, Charlie Platt, and uh, Jim Ross. So, yeah, I, I had an opportunity uh, to uh, to work with some of the best, so it kind of rubs off, I think, with time as well. But yeah, I, I th- well, you know, I think everybody that I mentioned, uh, you know, uh, is qualified 
to be in the Commentators Hall of Fame if there is such an animal. But, yeah, right. it's... Uh, and Jim Ross is the only one that is. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But, I, I, you know, but with, with, uh, I know people say it's political in, in uh, WWE, and, and I assume that's part of it. You know, business is business, but, uh, you know, uh, actually Bob Armstrong is in their Hall of Fame, but Bob never actually wrestled for the company. So, um, you know, but it, it's, uh, anyway, you know, to be acknowledged by your industry uh, for your accomplishments, I think is quite an honor no matter, you know, what what the title of the, of the award is. It's still, I think it's an honor. And you, 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 may, you may not believe this, but this is 100% true. I was born January 27th of 1978, and my uncle was a big wrestling fan. And when I was born in 78, he had bought me, he had bought a thing off the news, the news shelves, and he gave it to me when I turned 18. And it was the first color edition of the WWF magazine, and I believe that you had something to do with helping with that, did you not? Yeah, I was the... Uh... Well, everything, uh, George Napolitano wrote the articles and shot the photographs, uh, and uh, then everything was shipped to me, and I did, uh, on our end, actually what I did was, you know, I did the Mid-Atlantic magazine as well for, uh, for uh, uh, Crockett Enterprises, uh, and basically I used the same format for the WWWF magazine. And uh, so I had, you know, we were listed the LT and Associates as the publishers. But, uh, yeah, the print work, I handled that, layout of the magazine and uh, design on the cover and so forth and so on. Those magazines, uh, the WWWF as well as the the Mid-Atlantic magazines were unique. And and I did one NWA issue back in uh, in the middle of the 70s, which had one page for each of the alliance members was uh, featured per, on, a, each, uh, on one page. And uh, all the, the unique thing about all those magazines, the covers were uh, artist-rendered uh, theme covers. Uh, and no other magazine, uh, to, to my knowledge anyway, no other magazines before or since uh, have utilized that. So, yeah, the, the, but yes, you're right. That, I did five issues for, uh, for Vince uh, on the WWWF uh, action magazines, and that, that's really awesome. That I mean, you, you basically covered all aspects. I mean, announcer, wrestler, publisher, writer, photographer—you've you, done it all. And yeah, we're, we're happy, promoter, happy trainer. The only thing I haven't done is become a millionaire. Can you cure that for me at all? Well, I'll tell you what, after being on this show, your your phone is going to start ringing off the hook now, so be prepared All for right. that. <laughs> I'm ready. Do I, need a, do I need to get a manager and an accountant as well, or uh, just think I can handle it myself? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm up for hire, so just so you know. <laughs> oh, okay. I see this. Uh, I, I'm fighting a cold. I do apologize. Les, Les Ventures, I guess you're on 89.1 Kent FM. we got about 22 minutes here with our buddy. Uh, Grady, I want to introduce you to um, my co-host. Uh, unfortunately, Matthias and Big Swing are not here with us tonight. Uh, Big Swing's doing Yankee baseball, and Matthias got injured in the ring. But, uh, Granny, I know that you're a big fan of Les Thatcher, so what do you got for our guest? Go ahead. 
I'm a big fan of wrestling, and you know, I'm sure that Wes Thatcher is very familiar with me. I mean, we were friends on Facebook. My old account, unfortunately, I got my Facebook account got hacked over the weekend. But you know, anyways, I know we were friends on Facebook. But yes, when you mentioned the name Rufus R. Jones, see, I used to live in Kansas. I was born and raised in Kansas, so I was very close to the Kansas City area, Harley Race. I remember watching Rufus R. Jones wrestle in Kansas City all the time. I mean, I've been a wrestling fan for years, even before the name Granny Holster came about, which I've had this. You mean your mom didn't name you that? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, actually got, I actually got this name from a co- former co-worker of mine, and he told me one day at lunch, he says, I'm going to start calling you Granny Holkster. I said, what? I said, why? He says, because you're such a big wrestling fan. So I had a very good friend, God rest her soul, she passed away last year. She made me three Granny Holkster shirts, my original one, which I still have, which I still wear to independent shows, even to this day. You'll say, what you going to do when Granny Holkster goes crazy on you? My other one says Queen of TCW, Granny Holkster. And then I have a pink one that I wear occasionally, the one the only Granny Holkster. And then on the back it says, hey, shut up and wrestle. Because these bad right. guys, they don't, they don't like me. I don't, and I don't like I wrestle. I wrestled you know? in the Kansas City area in 63, yep. as a matter of fact. Well, I was only going to year old back in 63. <laughs> you would but, remember. You know, well, that's actually where right. I first met Harley. At the time, mm-hmm. uh, at the time he was nineteen, I was twenty-two. Yeah, but so I'm very familiar with you know with who you are and and Granny's bucket list. I've always and I, I keep saying I want to get my membership to the Cauliflower Alley Club because I have always wanted to attend that. I mean, my family and I actually got to go to WrestleMania last year with a good friend of ours down to Texas, you know, and that was and we went to WrestleCon one day and a lot of the professional wrestlers that knew me that I'm friends with, you know, they were really happy to see me. But I even had the people from Fight T V did an interview with me there at WrestleCon, which I was very humbled by that and I was that was absolutely amazing and so when it but it's on my bucket list to become a member of the cauliflower alley club well I yeah it's, it's good. I, have, I, I haven't been out there that. in a few years but yeah it's it's a lot of fun and uh of course so, vegas is a lot of fun no matter what you're out there for oh yeah so. well yeah i've been to vegas one time in my life i was there for a convention and i didn't get to see much of it because i was in meetings pretty much the whole time that i was there but but, no, the bad guys, i got to tell you, they'll tell me to sit down and shut up before I break a hip, or they'll say, don't you have a curfew at the nursing home. That's what they tell me. All so right. I'm always having to, you know, stay on top of them. But my question to you, and by the way, it is a pleasure and honor to have you on our show tonight, sir. So, well, thank you. But one of my questions, you're welcome. One of my questions to you is, um, if you could have had any kind of dream match in your career, what kind of match would it have been, and who would you have wanted your opponent to be? That's the easiest thing to answer in the world, uh, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, because he was my childhood idol. Ah. Uh, yes. I never, uh, awesome. I never even, we never crossed paths uh, while he was still in the business. Uh, we just never in the same territory. And mm-hmm. uh, but yes, as, as a as a young boy. Uh, I wanted to be Buddy Rogers and wanted to, you know, 
dye my hair and uh well, I can I you know, I could even do the Buddy Rogers strut. Never mind the Fargo or, or Jared or any of that nonsense. I could do the Far, uh, the Rogers <laughs> strut. Yeah. That's well, awesome. I have got That's awesome. I, I'll tell you what, one of my uh one of my fondest possessions is I have a a picture of Buddy Rogers and myself when I was twelve years old. Wow. It was taken in the uh, music hall in Cincinnati. Uh, he's in his wrestling gear, and this was before uh, before a match there. And it's, uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, I never had the opportunity to meet him. Uh, you know, once I got in the business, but yes, I always. And then once I got in the business, realized that I had decided to idolize probably one of the greatest workers of all time, for God's sake. So, yeah, he was a fascinating guy. So, yes, yeah. I would love to have worked with him one time. That would have been awesome. Wes Fest is our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about 17 minutes here with the legend. And for those of you who go to our Facebook page, Azure Era, Monday Live Monday, like that. You go to 89.1 Ken's FM page, like that. Do a $10 a month donation. We'll get you automatically qualified to win a autograph picture from a past guest, current guest, or future guest. And I believe, uh, Les, you might be willing to send us one or two if you have, if you're able to. Well, I might be able to do that. <laughs> yes. All right. You you are so proficient in emailing the instructions. You can even email me those instructions out. <laughs> All right. I will. I will text. And uh, as a matter of fact, I will. No, don't text. Email. Email. I don't do okay. text. All right. I, I was so excited to have you on. I even uh, tried to get you on a week early. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, actually, I know. That was, I that, got was you. Our, that was our producer, but uh, our producer's like uh, he. Uh, my producer called me up and said I made a mistake. I'm like, what's that? He said, Well, I told Les Thatcher he was going to be on uh, this week. What? I said, Do you know how big he is? He can crush us, and you're trying to uh, upset the guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, I thought it was funny. I don't know how many months back is when you, you know, uh, in May. I said, my God, I don't even, at my age, I may not even be alive in May. I can't be certain of anything. Well, you know, we're we're glad that you're here, and I knew that if I booked you that far out, that you'd have that you'd uh, you'd stick around uh, just to be on the show. Well, of course, <laughs> I understand uh, uh, the. Power of positive publicity, for goodness sake. So. And as a matter of fact, I first, if you remember, I actually first started talking to you uh, February 1st of 2021. You and I have been talking that long about this. So wow. it's, it's, it's been worth the wait. Well, you know, when I did the plug line, I almost added at the end, and a cast of thousands. And it is. It is. <laughs> well, yeah, I thought. I, I thought you added... Uh, I couldn't add any more names, but I thought that would uh, be apropos and a cast of thousands, right? So, as a matter of fact, anyway, I'm going to that. that's... start adding that to the script. Now, I want to ask you: uh, you've you've also have worked with a couple of heroes of ours, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and uh, you also worked with Harley Race. Unfortunately, we lost him back in uh, August of 2019. What, what's it like hanging out with Ricky Steamboat and Harley Race in the same location? You know what? It was wonderful. I, they're like family. Um, well, I, I had mentioned uh, to Granny, uh, Harley and I have known each other since 1963 um, from the Kansas City Territory. 
And then Ricky, he was just getting his feet wet in the business when he came into the Carolinas um, in the 70s. So I've known uh, both of them a long time and had worked with both of them. Previously, the whole training thing uh, came about, well, not by accident necessarily. They had never done a training camp at uh, Cauliflower Alley. And um, so I had talked to Red Bastine, God rest his soul, who was, uh, and Carl Lauer, who were the president and vice president at the time uh, of the club. And uh, my first, the first year I went out there, and I, because I had done an impromptu uh, seminar in the casino at like 3 a.m. with you know, about a dozen uh, young wrestlers. But anyway, so they decided to do this in heart and. Uh, Carl had, uh, you know, knew Harley was, uh, you know, lived around Harley. So anyway, Harley contacted me, and we started doing the training out there together. And we just, it just worked, and it, 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 you know, it flowed for us like we'd been doing it forever together. And uh, then the first uh, NOAA week-long NOAA tryout camp that Harley did in Eldon when he had his school in Eldon, uh, Ricky and I were the two guest trainers that came in. So we just you know, the, we all bonded and uh, so started doing what we called super camps, you know, uh, weekend training camps together. But it was great. We we did a manual, which is out of print now, I guess, uh, the professional uh, wrestlers work out an instructional guide. And uh, But it, I guess you can still find that on Amazon, from what I'm told. But, uh, yeah, it's, it you know, working with those, it was uh, it was like, you know, uh, we should have always been doing that. I mean, we just we we fit well together. We we blended well, and uh, I think it was productive. And and uh, I feel that you know anybody that worked with us, any trainees that worked with us over two or three days, uh, went home with uh, you know uh, tools to help up their their game and and benefit them in the uh, industry. And you're also known for, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you not? Start originally the Brian Pillman Memorial Show back in uh, the day after he passed. No, I started. We're the only ones that ever did it. Yeah, there were four of those. Yeah, uh, ninety-eight, ninety-nine, two thousand, two thousand and one. Yeah, they grew. Oh my God, it started. It was supposed to be uh, when Brian passed. You know, we were both <clears throat> both Cincinnati boys, and right. uh, when he passed, uh, the the idea I thought, well, let's do a little memorial show. The, the key word was little. And it started that way uh, in uh, the Norwood Junior High School gym in 98. That's where Brian went to school. And we didn't know what we would draw. And it ended up uh, that we had representatives from all three of the big companies, WCW, uh, w- uh, WWF, and ECW, uh, all you know, had talent uh, in the building. And we turned away that day at the high school. We put about 1,300 people, uh, and it was crowded with that. And we turned away, whew, over 400. Uh, Did and, you like that big of a response? Yeah, well, and, and we, you know, actually the whole idea was to do one little show. And after it was over, I thought, well, maybe we could do this one more time. And one more time became two more times, and two more times became three more times. And the show, it just kept growing. And we had more stars. And uh, it, was, it was crazy because uh, it was the biggest independent show. Well, 
There is no place else in the world, and I emphasize world, where you could see stars from WWF, WCW, and ECW all under the same roof on the same night. Period. End wow. story. Yeah, uh, that's and that, that wouldn't happen. That usually was not a thing back in the day because of all the Monday Night Wars going on. Right. Exactly. So yeah. Well, and, and let me say that I was. I feel proud that those companies trusted me enough to allow me to put all those people under the same roof on the same night. You know, that, that I would not, you know, bastardize somebody's product and, and put somebody else's over, which was never the, the idea. But it was crazy because independent, we did what we called the independent showcase on, that, on those same shows uh, with the best out of my HWA and out of OVW and some of the other independent guys. And, and at one point, the power plant out of uh, WCW's power plant. Uh, but I had, in the, I had guys call me from all over the country. I actually had people offer to pay me to be on those shows. Wow. And while we're about that, wow. let's plug. You can get a copy. It's called um, the, uh, the Pillman Anthology, the uh, 20th anniversary. Uh, Joe Dombrowski and I, along with Brian Pillman, Jr., we put this out. It's a four-disc set. Uh, you can get that at Pillman, PillmanShows.com. And there's 15 hours of content, and we got extras running out the the ears. Joe and I do voiceovers, but it's uh, all four of the shows. Um, uh, well, you know, in matches that you probably wouldn't see any. You know, uh, the first time that Bob Orton, uh, Bob Orton, I'm I'm way behind. Randy, <laughs> first time Randy Orton and John Cena ever wrestled one another was on the fourth Pillman show in Cincinnati. Wow. Yeah, that yeah was they, a, were that both, was they were both they were both an OVW at the time. Yeah, that was a big cut. I remember that because you Rob uh, Rob Conway was on that show. Randy Orton beat uh, Flash Flanagan. Uh, Matt Stryker was on that show. Uh, Nick, a good friend of the show, Nick Dismore, aka Eugene, was on that show. Uh, Mark Henry, Hugh Morris. Of course, my favorite match, believe it or not, was Lita versus Victoria. That was my favorite. And of course, Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko. And the Hardy Boys. Well, on the, yeah, and uh, a Shark Boy, uh, the Blade. Only at the time, the Blade was Pepper Parks, and uh, the, you know those guys uh, were trained by me. But anyway, yeah, they were great shows. Everybody worked hard. Uh, they were just amazing events. I'm so you know proud of the people, the volunteers that helped out behind the scenes, as well as uh, the companies, you know, allowing us to use the talent. And it was it was great, but yeah, you can you can get a copy of that. It's uh, I think you'd really enjoy it. Well, I tell you what, one of the match the, the the match between uh, Benoit and Regal uh, in two thousand was uh, it's it was classic. I mean, a modern classic without question. Uh, I use it as a training tool. Doctor Tom Pritchard does. I know other. Other guys do as well, but uh, yeah, there's some some amazing matches came out of those shows. So check you know, it out if you get that, uh, You know, it's sad that uh, that the 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 show doesn't is, is not still going. I mean, I thought after number four, I thought that was going to continue for for a long, long time, and unfortunately, it didn't. Any chance well, ever pick it back up again? Well, no, I doubt it. Well, here's the thing too. 
uh, it started out to help the Pillman family with expenses, right? And uh, we raised we raised uh, right at one hundred and twenty thousand dollars over four years. That's pretty that good. Went, you know, wow. That went went to the uh, Brian Pillman Memorial Foundation. So anyway, uh, but uh, Brian's widow uh, Melanie had remarried, and realized the guys were working for nothing on their days. The way we got them, these were this was a day off for WCW, w, uh, WWF, and, and ECW. Otherwise, we wouldn't have got those talent. And uh, so these guys were given their time. And that's what one of the, another reason, you know, that to watch these matches, you realize nobody's holding back. Everybody's busting their hump. And right. uh, so for four years, and some of the guys said, well, you know, she's remarried, so things should be a little more stable. And uh, so, yeah, it, it uh, I think it you know, it kind of run its course, honestly. Uh, I, again, you know, like I said, when we did the first one in, in 98, it was just, we're going to do this one little show, and that'll be it. Whoops. <laughs> and, and the crowds grew. Uh, we did over 2,500 on the last show. Right. And, you, you know, wow. you started out with six matches, then went to 10 matches, then 15 matches, and then 17 matches. Well, stop, uh, you know, that, that last event, it started. We 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 added every year. We added something. Uh, the first year we had uh, photos with the stars. The stars included uh, Sonny, Candido, Al Snow, uh, Benoit, uh, Jericho, and and uh, uh, Steve Austin. I don't. I won't be able to run you the name down behind the, the about the uh, the ones on the fourth year, but there were twelve. And uh, the star, uh, photos of the stars began at noon, day of the show. Then wow. uh, the independent showcase began at 5.30. This was uh, guys from HWA, uh, OVW, and, and other, and, uh, well, at this point, WCW was on its way uh, out and, uh, you know, but but the guys from uh, Power Plant have been part of that as well. Uh, and then the main show. Plus, we you know we had auctions. We uh, uh, the Beltster, the guy that made the spinner belts for WWE, Joe. Uh, every he made us be, uh, a championship belt with the uh, the the main plate was the. Uh, uh, whatever I, whatever our design was for the Pillman Memorial shirt that year, and That's awesome. uh, but he made us one of those, and we raffled that off every year. He made Brian Jr. a, a little a miniature copy of those belts too for that. But anyway, uh, but yeah, we I mean we raffled off J.R. Stetson, Delo's chest protector, uh, woman's gown, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, it was uh, Flair's robe in '99. Uh, so it was. They were, yeah. They were a big affair. We had people coming in from all over the country for that damn those shows. Uh, Les answers our guest here. We got about uh, two minutes here left with Les, uh, so we can do this here, Les. If our fans want to check you out, see you. Got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or TikTok. What do you got? Yeah, I'm, uh, you can catch me on Twitter or Facebook. And you know, we do a weekly podcast. Vic Sosa and I. Uh, it's the, uh, you know based on the Observer. Uh, website uh wrestling weekly it uh it goes up on fridays but it's also on spotify and apple and all over the place so uh yeah check us out there and 
you know, and like uh, just, you know, support wrestling. You know, the business is catching fire again, I think, and so it has it ups, ups and downs, and right now it, it seems to be on fire. So uh, I think things look good, don't you? Yes, I do, and I'll tell you what, Les. Uh, if you like, if you if you uh, if you'd be willing to have me and Granny on your show uh, to bring all our fans to your masses, we would definitely love to help you out with that and bring our fans to you as you brought your fans to us. Well, you know what? That's, there's a thought. We'll have to work on that. A merger. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, Les. Well, I have I have a very good friend over in Tol in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area. Um, his name's he's the promoter and founder of a company called Wrestling for a Cause and they do wrestling independent wrestling shows for kids fighting childhood cancer and they just celebrated their eleventh year. Let's see, this October will be twelve years and I tell you, Granny's been a part of helping that organization pretty much from day one. I missed the very first show that they did for a little boy by the name of Ryder, but I tell you, I, I love being able to help my wrestling family my promoter you know friends in the business i mean well that's great yeah i i i i love i mean um you know and i was a big fan of brian pillman back in the day he was one of my favorite wrestlers to watch i mean till he turned heel when i wasn't such a big fan but i mean when he was baby face i mean yeah i was a brian pillman fan but I mean, and we had a company, too, in, uh, called Traditional Championship Wrestling that ran in Arkansas for years that used to be uh, part of the Mid-South, you know, wrestling organization, you know, before they uh-huh. changed the name. And so I got to meet a lot of big names through that company. You know, beautiful Bobby Eaton, God rest his soul, before he passed away. That's how became, I became friends with him. But I remember Tommy Dreamer, the last show About that we did seconds. for TCW. They did TV tapings, and he used my cane because I was having to have knee surgery, and he used my cane on Matt Riviera that night <laughs> at the at the TCW show. Wow! All right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Les, you have been most awesome, sir. Thank I you, will Les. With you, and uh, I'll tell our uh, producer to stop uh, texting you a week early, and uh, I'll be in contact with you because I have a few other things I'll let you go over with you. But you have been awesome, sir. Thank you for taking out uh, time to be on our show tonight. We appreciate you. All right, guys, and I appreciate you having me. Uh, have a good one, and uh, enjoy the rest of the show. And God bless you guys. Take care now. Bye bye. Thanks, God bless All you. Right. All right, Les Thatcher, ladies and gentlemen, the living legend. Hey, I'll tell you what, we got to take a quick little break. Our next guest is waiting in the wings. We'll be back after we hear these messages from our next sponsor. Stay tuned. So, if your spring and summer projects include some concrete work, Elevated Concrete can help. They can be reached at 701-866-9018 or at Elevated Concrete on Facebook. Their concrete work includes driveways, sidewalks, walkways, approaches, garage floors, patios, and shed pads. Plus, they offer decorative or stamped concrete as well. And all estimates are free. They are ready right now for any concrete project you have. That's Elevated Concrete at 701-866-9018. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She's riding a horse down the aisle, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be happy trails to us. Because we have the granddaughter of the greatest cowboy in movie history. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the lovely Julie Rogers. Oh, hey, this is Julie Rogers Pamilia. 
and you're listening to Attitude Era Monday Night Live. I'm sorry, just Monday Live on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hope, and the modern nightmare Matthias. How are you, ma'am? Good to have you with us. Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm glad to be here. I'm really happy to be here. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We got uh, we got about uh, 30 minutes here with you. We got a ton of questions. Uh, I'll ask you a few questions, and we'll uh, do a roundtable. We'll go to Granny, and then we'll come back to me. I'll ask you the tougher questions. But first off, what is it like that your grandfather was Roy Rogers? How special is that? <laughs> well, you know, you don't realize it's special. I think until you get older, um, you kind of know it as a kid, but not really because your normal is just what you know that's all you know and you just figure everybody's grandparents have a tv show that's awesome and i gotta ask you this how many times did you get to ride trigger (laughs) um a few but i started when i was like uh three just just right before turning four and i remember it very vividly um him setting me up on trigger and feeling so safe because that horse was bomb proof I mean, he was, he was, he knew there was a little child on him and I could just sense it. He just stood like a rock. He was, he was a great horse. And it also had to be cool that uh, your grandfather always had a, uh, a Colt 45 on his hip to protect you in case uh, <laughs> someone came up and tried to get you, right? Well, I don't know about that, but he did have a mean pair of uh, swimming trunks and he, uh, <laughs> He 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 fished the tarantula out of the pool, so he was my hero for doing that and keeping me safe there. So um, yeah, it's all in your perspective, I guess. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Not only uh, is Roy Rogers your grandfather, you also got to see him in a pair of swim trunks. I hope it wasn't speedos. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> but he <laughs> um, he was always fit. He used to tell me, you know, there's nothing worse than a fat cowboy. And I'm so sorry. That's that's not a you know that's not a, a thing that we say today. But back in the day, he just he he used that mantra to really work out and keep himself healthy. And so I think he was doing it more to get himself going. You know my uh, my two favorite cowboys, and I'm not just saying this because it's you, but my two favorite cowboys when I was a kid, of course, were Roy Rogers and Gene Autry, and. I can yes. prove that. You can, you can ask my mother and my sisters and my father because I used to play Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Happy Trails over <laughs> and over and over again. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> um, I bet your family just loved you for that. Oh, they, they sure did, especially when I would start <laughs> singing it after they would shut the record off. Or <laughs> oh, they're like, oh, <laughs> Please just make it stop. <laughs> yeah, real real quick story. Actually, uh, when I was uh, I was six maybe, and uh, I guess my sister got mad at me, and I was playing uh, Happy Trails, and I went uh, I went out to the kitchen to grab some cookies and milk, and then the next thing you know, I come in, the, the the record's gone off my little record player, my little Duxa has a record player, and apparently my sister wanted me to stop playing it, so she gave me a hit by stealing the record. <laughs> and I'm still looking for it. <laughs> I was going to say, did you ever find it? <laughs> no. I, I still have it. It's probably <laughs> Oh, somewhere. Uh, yeah, somewhere. Uh, 
Uh, Julie Rogers is our guest here on 89.1 Kids FM. we got about 24 minutes. Uh, we need to uh, uh, do a quick little message here, and then uh, I'm going to introduce you to Granny. We need to play this real quick, and then we'll be right back after we hear this message. You're listening to 89.1 Kens FM, KNNZ-FM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. And we are back here on 89.1 Kens FM, and we have a great guest here. We have Julie Rogers. Uh, she wrote a book called... Your Heroes, My Grandparents, A Granddaughter's Love. And we're going to talk to you about that. We're going to let Granny ask a few questions. Because I know that when she was a kid, she used to watch your grandfather on TV. As a matter of fact, uh, Granny, I think you used to uh, ride a stick horse around the neighborhood acting like uh, you were Roy Rogers, right? <laughs> well, no, not really, Icon. I mean, you know, but Julie, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure and honor to have I mean, yes, I watched the Roy Rogers show. I mean, I still, every once in a while, one of the our cable stations, every once in a while, will still, like, MeTV or something like one of the, they'll still show the Roy Rogers show on TV every once in a while. Every once in a while, I'll come across it. But I always loved watching Roy Rogers. I mean, because Trigger, you know, and Bullet, his German Shepherd. <laughs> I just, oh, yeah. I love that dog. I love that oh, dog. I, that, I mean, cause yeah. I'm a dog. I'm a dog lover. So you know, I always love to watch that show. But you know, that had to been really exciting for you. I mean, I know you know. Like I said, you just you know that's your grandparents. You know, but somebody so famous as Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. I mean, I'm sure you got to know a lot of famous actors, I mean, Gabby Hayes, you know, I mean, just, oh, my gosh, I I remember seeing Gabby Hayes in so many shows, different shows besides Rory Rogers' show, but, I mean, what was it like to get to know people, like some of those famous actors that your grandparents got to work with all those years? Well, you know, they had lots of interesting people around all the time, around them, and, um, some actors, some just personalities and uh, comedians and, I don't know, a lot of different people. But um, they never treated anybody differently, whether they were somebody coming over from church with a pie, you know, or or somebody that was dropping by with a script or something else, you know, they were doing. So um, we didn't really have a sense, when I was little, little anyway, of who was who and uh, who was important like famous important kind and who was just important personally. So um, it all kind of, they blurred the lines of reality and fantasy a lot because they were who they were and they were very much the same off screen as much as they were on screen and uh, they were authentic. And so it was just fun. It was always, it was always fun at their house because there was always, a lot of noise and a lot of people, you know, people, you know, stuff going on, and it was just fun as a little girl to just kind of float around in it. <laughs> it was kind of like always like a big party, I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. I loved going over to their ranch and, um, you know, having dinner on Friday nights and uh, just spending time with them. Grandpa would watch his show with us on the floor, 
and we'd be crawling all over him, and he'd say, he'd be saying, go get him, Roy, get get those bad guys, and he'd be saying, yeah, Grandpa, get them, and it was just, it was all fun. I mean, we had heartbreak, that's too, awesome. but that's, you know, it, for the most part, we had a great time growing up. That's awesome. That is awesome, uh, Julie Rogers, I guess, here. we got uh, 20 minutes here with uh, Julia, and I wish it was uh, 20 more years, because there's so many questions we have, but let's talk about your book. That's why you're here, and I want to thank uh, Mr. Boland for uh, providing us uh, with you as a guest tonight. We appreciate Harlan. But oh, when, did you, when did you start writing the book? When did you, uh, uh, did someone inspire you, or was there like a story out there that you thought was, uh, that needed to be told? Tell us a little bit about what inspired the book. Well, I have so many memories of my childhood that are just magical, and I know that sounds goofy, but they, they rumble around in my head. They've rumbled around in my head all these years, and I just kind of sometimes just kind of wander off in my mind and think about the past, and I, I just loved the way that I grew up. And I realized after I got to a certain age, I'm thinking, you know, my sons don't really know these stories. I mean, I've told them a little bit, but I think I'd really like to write them down for my sons. And um, so I so I started writing during COVID. I thought, I'm just going to write a little mom book. You know, my sons are all grown and married now. And I thought, I'm just going to write a little mom book and give it to them for Christmas and go get it bound at Kinko's or whatever. And um, I go to these Western festivals, and every time I go and I tell stories, people say, oh, you have such great stories, you need to write a book. And I started saying, well, I am writing a book now, I, I'm, but I, it's for my son. And they said, no, you need to publish it because we'd like to read those stories too. And at first I, I don't know, I thought, nah. And then I got to thinking about it more and more, and I thought, well, maybe I should just go, you know, go the whole nine yards and get it published. And so I did. And I'm really glad because I have 33 different little stories that are really dear to my heart. And I, I just, it's scary because, you know, I put a lot of emotions out there in the book of how I felt at the time when I was little. I just kind of brought myself back to those times and let myself write as if I was that little girl. And uh, so many meaningful things. And so it turned out to be that I had a whole book after I wrote all these little stories. And how old are your sons? Um, my my youngest is 28, my middle is 30, and my oldest is 34. Of course, I was so, like, you know, 16 when I had them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I know that you just turned 21 recently, but, you know, we, we lost, <laughs> we, you know, we lost uh, your grandfather on July 6th of 1998, and uh, he... The, your, all your sons did get to meet their grandfather, correct? Oh, they did, and they knew him, and they knew Gigi. Um, they, the great-grandchildren called them Gigi and Grampy, uh, for great-grandma and Grampy. And they remember them um, pretty well, actually. My oldest was 10 when he died, I think. So, so I'm, i I got to know, how many times when you would uh, go visit your grandparents and uh, Grandpa would say, Time to go to bed, sweetie. And then you wouldn't go to sleep until he sang Happy Trails to You. <laughs> you know what? He sang that song or hummed it or whistled it around the house for years. And I finally asked him when I was an adult, I said, Grandpa, you, you really like that song, huh? I mean, you, you're not tired of it? And he said, nope. <laughs> he said it just made him happy. 
And um, so, yeah. You know, I mentioned how uh, I lost my uh, Happy Trails record when I was six. And the interesting thing is, and I don't know if you knew this story or not, but the Minnesota Twins were in the World Series in 1987. And when they we're about to win the, the one game, the, the St. Louis Cardinals took the pitcher out and they started playing happy trails as the pitcher was leaving the field. Oh. <laughs> and I could hear I that in the living room. And I, I heard that, I heard that in the living room going, Hey, my record, they found it. But it was on the TV. <laughs> it wasn't my record. They found it. <laughs> I bet your sister was so happy. <laughs> you know, and the, you know, and the interesting thing is, uh, I don't know if you knew this or not. You mentioned you did not know the story, but uh, your grandfather uh, did not like the fact that they played his song for that. Oh, they didn't. He didn't. No, as a matter of fact, uh, the 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 twins got in a little bit of trouble for playing that song without your grandfather's permission. I've never heard that. Well, that's interesting because in my book I reference ten, actually nine things that. Nine times that Happy Trails was used, and I never heard uh, a word from them about not liking that. I mean, um, when I don't know, there's 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 ten examples in there, um, and I never knew that. I thought it was just by then it was just uh, like common knowledge and kind of you know public domain. Well, you know that that is that is that is true. We have uh, Roy Rogers' granddaughter with us, uh, Julie Rogers. And uh, the interesting thing about that is I think the reason why he wasn't uh, happy about it is they were kind of like playing it as like a derogatory thing as the guy was being taken off the field, you know, as in happy oh, trails. Oh, maybe so. Yeah. I think that's yeah, what it was. That. Well, they played anyway. happy trails. When Reagan, Reagan left the White House, they played happy trails. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, that they I didn't did. know that. And, um, yeah, that's in, that's in one of the things in my book um, of when they used Happy Trails. <laughs> now, what is the one thing uh, about your grandfather that people might not know that you revealed in the book? Well, he sometimes wore dark socks with his tennis shoes and shorts <laughs> in the backyard. And, yeah, uh, he, uh, uh, he, didn't always, he didn't always have cowboy boots on. Most of the time, but a lot of times he had his tennis shoes on with dark socks. <laughs> and, so and I'm guessing you got to see him do stuff that a lot of people didn't get to see. Like, I bet you saw him mow the lawn. You saw him swimming. Uh, he, you yep. saw him cooking, right? A lot of people, like, would, would probably think, well, hey, Roy Rogers, he's a millionaire. He's probably got a cook at the house, right? <laughs> no, no such thing. <laughs> When the kids were little, they had a um, a cook, a woman who came in and helped them with the laundry. I mean, shoot, they had nine kids, and it was just a lot of a uh, lot of laundry there and a lot of cooking. And when they were going, you know, early hours for their show at four in the morning or whatever, they really needed somebody. But other than that, um, they were very much homebodies and you know cooked their own dinner and um, had game nights and. You know, he checked his, his peach trees in the backyard and um, dug in the backyard, kind of gardened and <laughs> fun stuff. You know, and uh, one thing that uh, I, I never uh, – you, you got to ride Trigger. I actually got to see Trigger 
and Bullet, they're, they're actually in a museum, uh, taxidermied, and I actually got to see them. And it was it was very interesting, and my father told me a lot of stories about Roy Rogers and watching him on TV. And, uh, you know, I said, uh, I asked my dad, I said, Who's that? well, that's that's uh, Roy Rogers' horse, Trigger, there. And uh, that's his dog, Bullet. And I'm like, that's 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 amazing because I I I actually got to see them, and, and I know yeah. how devastating your grandfather was when Trigger passed. Oh, he was he couldn't tell the family for a year, and nobody knew because he was keeping them out at the ranch in Hidden Valley, uh, where they were going to move, and so he wasn't on the property by that time, and he just could he didn't have he just couldn't deal with it because two of their kids had died, and then Trigger. Uh, and it was just too much for him. He had a real special bond with that horse. If, if uh, you know, you mentioned uh, he lost a couple of kids. I believe uh, his uh, oldest son uh, died in Germany. Correct? Yes, yes. That, and that was the third and final uh, child to die in a in a short space of time. And it was uh, just unthinkable. It, but you know what? They picked up and they went on. And they were a testimony to the kind of people you can still be, even when there's tragedy that strikes your family. And uh, how many of your aunts and uncles are left? Well, um, my dad is gone. He's the oldest of the Rogers siblings. He was um, grandma's only biological son. And uh, so I have Uncle Dusty left. I have Aunt Cheryl. Um Uncle Dusty was a biological. Aunt Cheryl was adopted with um, his second wife. And then I have my Aunt Dodie, who I do Western festivals with. In fact, I'm doing one with her coming up in August, the Roy Rogers Festival in Portsmouth, Ohio. And um, she's not really, she's more like a cousin because she's only six years older than me, but she's my aunt. And so we have a great relationship. And um, who else? Oh, and my Aunt Linda Lou. Uh, so I have I have four left. And let me ask you this: How many horses do you own, and how many are named Roy? <laughs> well, none of them are named Roy, <laughs> um, and none of them are even named Trigger. But we do have two Palominos, and we have a pony for the grandchildren, and we have um, a little miniature donkey that's only a little bigger than our four border collies, and he's really adorable. His name is uh, Murphy. And uh, I'm guessing, that did you ever, did you ever ride, uh, like, in competition? Uh, do you ever do that, like, in rodeos and stuff or not? You know, I rode one time. I, I ride just for pleasure. But um, one time I was doing um, a rodeo event. Dean Smith was one of Grampy's stuntmen, very, very prolific stuntman in Westerns. And uh, Dean and Debbie are wonderful people, and they live down in Texas, and they had this rodeo. So they invited me to come and sing and perform and just be there and greet and meet. And uh, on the ticket, I didn't realize that I was scheduled to be in the um, the Teen Penny competition. And I was up against Wilford Brimley. I don't know if you remember Wilford Brimley, but... Um, oh, definitely. Kind of a, uh, uh, yeah. From, uh, For sure. What, what was that show that he was on? Um Oh, um, family or some kind of eight, uh, eight is enough or I don't know, but he was, um, he's been in a lot of stuff and you know, um, really hard to miss if you know what he looks like with that big mustache and his glasses. Anyway, I thought, Oh no, not Wilford cause he never smiled and he was kind of gruff and, uh, I liked him, but I thought I don't want to go up against him. 
So, and plus, I didn't even know how to team, do team penning. So I was quickly rifling through my phone trying to figure out, okay, what are the rules? What am I doing? And here I am going to ride out into this arena on horseback and not know what I'm doing on this team. And um, so I went out there because, you know, you fake it till you make it. You just do it. And we, uh, we didn't win, but I didn't embarrass my team. I have a story, a whole story about it, because I did something very embarrassing uh, in the arena. But I won't, I, I won't ruin it. <laughs> but but I, um, I spoke to the horse. See, I'm a teacher. And I didn't know any better. And I just stopped the horse, stopped the, not the horse, I stopped the, the cow, the steer, the little. See, I'm such a city girl, I don't even know what to call them. A little cow, okay? Uh, and cow? I, um, yeah, yeah, cow, thank you. <laughs> this is really embarrassing. <laughs> you got to cut this part out. Um, so anyway, I stopped him by saying in my best teacher voice, no. And I, and I, shook my finger at him and he stopped in his tracks and looked up at me with the whites of his eyes and the cowboys along the railing that were in the front row were doubled over they thought that was just the funniest thing and they said oh so that's how it's done and I said yes (laughs) yes it is that's exactly how it's done (laughs) well I guess I would have said I would have said me I would have if I were you I would have said do you know who my grandfather is? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that would have been a good comeback too. <laughs> but anyway, it you know, you just um you roll with it and you learn to laugh at yourself and um and then Wilfred wanted me to take a picture of him afterwards with his friend, his buddy on horseback. So he handed me his picture, his his camera, and I took a picture and when I handed it back to him, he had his thumb over the the lens and snapped another picture, but he didn't know it. So he looks at his camera and says, you got your thumb over the lens. I said, well, no, Wilfred, I took a picture, but I think, you you know, here, I'll just take another one. So I took another <laughs> one and handed his, his, his phone back again, and he snapped another picture of his thumb. And I said, Wilfred, you, you got, he goes, you've got your thumb again. I mean, now he's kind of irritated. And I said, no, <laughs> look through your pictures. You've got two pictures and two pictures of your thumb. He did it one more time. And he finally got too frustrated. He said, never mind. And he rode off, and I thought, that is one funny man because he has three pictures of him and his friend and three pictures of his thumb on his camera he's going to find later. <laughs> but um, he, was, he, was, uh, he was a kid. Uh, Julie Rogers, I guess you're unfortunately only got five minutes left. And like I said, I wish we were five more years. Now, uh, how can uh, fans get the book? You can go on Amazon. It's Amazon with hardback and softback, uh, paperback. And you can also go on the Barnes & Noble website. And it's pretty easy. And for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to 89.1 Tenth FM page, like that. Do a $10 a month donation, dollars hour. We'll get you automatically qualified to win an autographed picture from a past guest, current guest, or future guest. Uh, would you be willing to send us a couple autographs for giveaways for our fans that are listening right now? Sure. All right. Now I'll send you that information on uh, uh, text. And, uh, okay. you know, I'll tell you, this, this, is, uh, this is just awesome for me because, you know, I, I, I always my, – my dream was, and I'm not saying this because it, it, it's true, but my uh, – because you're on the show, but – my dream was always to ride in the Old West with Roy Rogers and Gene Autry 
and have Gene Autry on one side singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and then have Roy Rogers on the other side singing Happy Trails. Happy Trails. And then uh, putting it together and me humming along and them saying, hey, we're trying to sing here, young man. You know, know, it just doesn't get any better than that. I love the picture of that. (laughs) Well, you know, I think that was – with photography these days, is you know I could probably have them make a picture of me doing that. Uh, you know, you could, do that. you could. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> so uh, uh, we we got we got about uh, three minutes here left, uh, Julie. If our fans want to check you out and see, you got a Facebook and Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? I, <laughs> I am on Facebook. I'm kind of hard to find. I'm Julie Fox Athlete Familia. I'm I'm yeah. Just figure that one out. But you'll know it's me when you find me. Um, and then I'm getting a website ready. It's just Julie Pomelia, Julie Um And I'm working on that this week. So it's it's going to be up and coming. So you can – I want to work it so that people can order a book from that website. And then I can sign it and then send it back to them. Because right now, you'd have to buy it. You can. You can buy it from Amazon and then send it to me. I'll sign it and send it back. But it's a bit of a, you know, you have to wait a little bit. But I'll do it. And I'm, I'm guessing that uh, when you got married, your husband asked Roy to be his best man. I know I would have. Yeah, well, not really, no. But they did sing a special uh, version of Happy Trails that they made up just for us. And that was very special. They sang it at the reception. Oh, so so your grandfather just say, okay, you see that little girl over there? That's my old little girl, man, and I don't want to have to come <laughs> after you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you better watch out. He did bring his guns to the wedding. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I also look for that story of the book, the shotgun wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, they had such a great sense of humor. We had such a good time. There's so much more to uh, tell. We're going to have to continue this another time. Would you, would you be willing to join us again at some point? We'd love to have you back on with us. I would love to. It, it's fun. I, I, I would hey, Icon, maybe yes. we need to do a special show where she could be our only guest, where we could have time to talk to her. That'd be super well, fun. I, I don't know if anybody can stand for me just talking for two hours, though. Well, they do. <laughs> people listen every week, so... Uh, people might actually want to tune in if you're going to be on the whole time. That would be great. Why don't we Why don't we work on that? I did that one time, and and they had people calling in with questions every so often, and that was really fun. Well, there we go, what, Icon. Let's do this. Uh, I will I will be in contact with you because I do have your number, uh, and everybody's okay. like, oh, why would she give you Why would she give Icon your phone number? But uh, we'll we'll work on that for the uh, new year. <laughs> Uh, okay. I'll tell you what, we'll have, we'll have you our first guest on the shoot in 2024. We'll make it a big episode. That'd be awesome. All right, I will definitely call and talk to you. Uh, I'll understand if you hang up on me like everybody else does. But uh, we do appreciate <laughs> you taking time out of your schedule to be with us. I'll send you the autograph information. You have been wonderful. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. Well, thank Thanks you for, for having on. me, and have a, have a good night, and happy trails. You, awesome. You too. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Julia Rogers, ladies and gentlemen, Roy Rogers' granddaughter. What a great interview that is. Uh, I think that our, next guest interview. Is uh, our next guest is waiting in the wings. Uh, so we're going to take a quick little commercial break, and then we're going to head to a galaxy far, 
far away. So if you want to stick with us uh, after these messages, we'll be right back. Stay with us. This is going to be amazing. Stick around. Ladies and gentlemen, the new blocks are here. The new blocks are here. Yes, for a limited time, you can get your very own 89.1 Ken's FM clock. For a $25 donation, you can get a classic analog round-faced clock with the 89.1 Ken's FM logo on the front. Just go to our website, www.kensfm.com, and under the More Merch tab, you will find the clocks along with numerous other new merch you can order. Get yours now while supplies last. We have these in limited quantity, so order now at www.kensfm.com. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the great uh, room and walking down the aisle from a galaxy far, far away. Ladies and gentlemen, the man that made Gremlins and Star Wars the hit it is today, I give you the man of many talents. He is Mark Dotson. Hey, everyone. This is Mark Dodson. You're listening to Attitude Era Monday, live on 89.1 Kins FM, with your host, the icon, the big swing, the grandmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern might mare, Matthias. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, I'm not saying this because you, that is the best voice promo that we've ever had, next to the one that we just had before you, but that was awesome, sir. Thank you. Well, you thank thank Gary Owens for that. That was kind of my Gary Owens thing, right? All right. Yeah, we Everyone got uh, Mark. Dodson. Yes, we do. We got Mark Dodson as a guest. We got 39 minutes, and we got a lot of stuff to talk about. And uh, as a matter of fact, we uh, we're going to have a, a special guest host that just joined us. Uh, we'll introduce him in a second. But Mark, you are yes. a man of many talents, and you have done many voices, many things, especially. Uh, I suppose most famous would be being that little guy that used to hang around Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> yeah, uh, Salacious Crumb. Salacious B. Crumb. The middle of the now B you, stands, everybody wants to know, B stands for bread. And you were the uh, you were the voice and the puppeteer, correct? No, no. I'm just the voice. You know, they're very specialized in Hollywood. You know, you can't, you're not allowed to do both. So I'm I'm the voice. So how long did it uh, take you to learn his language? So um, I made it up as I was going along. Uh, ben Burt was directing, and he said, just give me some gibberish in that voice. So I went, <laughs> like, okay, that works. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, but, yes, yes, uh, uh, Tim Rose, who is the puppeteer of Salacious Crumb, and he's also uh, Admiral Akbar. And uh, he also sliced noodles in the band. Uh, Star Wars fans will know these characters, I'm sure. And I think you do, too. I I definitely do. Now, let me ask you this. Did you do the voice? uh, Were you, like, under, like, a pit uh, while he was moving the mouth and stuff and you were doing the voice at the same time, or did you go into post-production to do that? That was post-production. And that was actually done about one month before the release, release of the movie. It was one of the last things that Ben Burt had not found a voice for yet. And the truth is I went into audition for Admiral Akbar and didn't get the part, but I ended up coming up with the voice for Salacious Crumb. So let me ask you this. Do you think that was a, di- uh, a diss you wanted to be a bigger voice and they started to have you talk gibberish instead? <laughs> no, I really don't. I mean, at the time, 
you know, I was I was trying to get into the film business. I wanted to direct and produce. That was my my big dream, and um, so I took a job. They were looking for carpenters and laborers out of out of Skywalker Ranch. I said, well, I'll go out there and labor, and and then, and then they made me into a apprentice carpenter. And I thought, and then I'll be around the people and uh, talk to some people, and maybe I can get in. And so when that came up. Which actually, the, the way that came up was funny. You were just talking to Ms. Rogers about cowboys, and I was just thinking, the way that Ben Burt heard about me was I, I loved Struther Martin, another cowboy. Love I John Wayne. Yes, yep. yes. And, you know, he was, of course, a cool hand Luke. What we have here is a failure to communicate. And I did that one day joking, and somebody said, man, that's a great Struther Martin. Kind of a weird so many people didn't. People really didn't do, and they said, "Let Ben know that you can do these voices. He'll probably have you over." And that's how it happened. So for me, I mean, it was just I. I was extremely happy. I didn't. I didn't think at all for a minute. Well, I didn't get Admiral Akbar. You know, I was. I was happy being so being this creature that I didn't even know the name of yet. And uh, so, so no. And and honestly, I thought about it years later because that voice led to me being the Gremlins. And I thought, you yeah, know, we're, if we're I'd have ended up, that too. yeah, but I thought, you know, if I'd have ended up being Admiral Akbar and never done that tackle for Salacious, I'd have never been the Gremlins, most likely, you know. So, so it kind of worked out. Uh, Mark Darson's our guest here. We got uh, 35 minutes here with Mark, so we got plenty of time. Uh, Granny, before we go to you, uh, uh, I'm going to introduce our special guest, and he is definitely a Star Wars guy. As a matter of fact. This gentleman that I'm going to introduce you to, his name is Kenny, uh, he can wire up anything. So, uh, Kenny, do you think uh, you would have had fun at the Star Wars set? I would have loved it. <laughs> I would have had so much fun. Um, the uh, the thing that got me the best was obviously in science fiction. I'm a huge science fiction fan. No. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate it. I think I've seen all of the Star Wars uh, uh, episodes, especially the major ones, uh, the ones that took place in between, you know. Um, I don't think I caught all of those, but uh, the rest of them I did, and uh, uh, just been feasting on the storylines the whole time and putting things together and uh, how, you know, in the future we could possibly be living if we could actually, you know, uh, conquer uh, the uh, the ability to travel uh, in space, you know, and actually do something like colonize right. other worlds and find other worlds, that is great. I think that would be awesome. And uh, so, you know, that caught me right away. And then on top of that, uh, of course, the other uh, Star Trek series, I watched all of those. So, yeah, you're you're talking to a bona fide science fiction freak. Uh, before the movies came out, I... I even did a lot of uh, reading. Uh, you know, Arthur C. Clarke was uh, one of my favorite yeah. authors, and uh, right. uh, Robert Heinlein is another one. Um, those were uh, they painted great pictures, and that yeah. was the beauty of uh, of reading is uh, you can let the book paint a picture of the future and how people would live. Um, I you know Farnham's Freehold was just another great great book. Uh, about uh, a um, uh, an apocalyptic future where uh, the family lives 
uh, on the edge every single day, and the father has this uh, little transistor radio with an earpiece, and he listens to the news all the time to find out what who's going to drop the bomb first. And, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> excuse me for... Uh, my voice is good. We, we all have colds here in Fargo. Uh, well, that's okay. That's okay. But that's I, okay. I do remember. I do remember your uh, your bit uh, on Jabba the Hutt. Um, you said that that was mostly uh, the voice that uh, ended up being in the movie was actually done post uh, post production. Yes, it was. It was done post. Um, with Ben Burt, and it just took like a month before the film opened. And, so you, you didn't know, get ben to go to said, Tatooine? Pardon me? So you didn't get to go to Tatooine? Oh, I've been there. Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've been, I go there quite often. <laughs> but but no, I no um the, the no it was it was I'll tell you the truth it was in a studio that I was a laborer on. It was the first job I had there, and I labored. And I actually built it, and when I went in to, to, to do the thing, I didn't see it finished because I was on the framing crew. So then they took me out to the ranch, and when I went in there to record with Ben, I said, oh, wow, this it turned out beautiful. And he said, oh, that's right. You like you were a laborer. Like, I said, yeah, I carried all the lumber in and all the dust out of here. Yes, I was. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a great studio, and I was just there. I was just there this past weekend. Um, it was a wonderful time. We just had a celebration, the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi, and it was out at the old Lucasfilm Industrial Light and Magic ILM Studios. And I was just there. This I just got back home last night. Well, that's uh, and it's still that is beautiful. amazing. It's the same. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, when you filmed the uh, the bit there. Um, Obviously, you were just the voice. Uh, do you remember yeah. anything about uh, what uh, uh, were, uh, you know, what were the dimensions of, like, uh, was it, was your creature superimposed on the set with Jabba the Hutt, or was it actually, you said, a puppeteer, and it was actually uh, a live figure there with Jabba the Hutt? Because that no. it almost looked like it almost had to be animated some way because it was so perfect. It was so perfect, and that's Tim Rose. He's a great puppeteer. Okay. He's puppeteered for the Muppets. He's been then. around forever. He's a he's a guy. Funny. Here's another funny thing. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, and he's from right across the river in Illinois. <laughs> and we we talked. It's like, isn't that funny? Salacious is a Midwest guy, but. Um, yeah, he was actually, he would have been out in London at the big studios out there working on that, and he was underneath the stage puppeteering. When I did it, I didn't get to see it at all. Uh, okay. Ben just described it to me. He said, I've got this creature that's part bird, part rat, part monkey. Yep. That's how he <laughs> described it. Uh, yeah, and he said, that's and what he just did over there, good. yeah, it was. And he said, and and then uh, I had been doing some cackling, and he said, "What you just did, that cackling, I think that's going to be great for this creature." So we're going to forget about Admiral Ackbar. Let's do a bunch of that today. And I never did get to see it until I went and screened the movie with everybody in San Francisco. They had the big cast and crew screening, and that's when I got to see it. And of course, when I saw it, I knew right away. In fact, I made an idiot of myself because I didn't expect it, and I'm sitting there with a friend. 
and Salacious comes on, and as soon as he cackled, I said, that's me. <laughs> and I always thought, yeah, and Harrison's probably behind me going, yeah, and that's me, kid. You know, it's like, <laughs> like, but anyway, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just said that's me. But, yeah, that was that was the first time I ever saw him. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I know um, I saw the very first Star Wars, I believe, in 77 is when it came out. Yep. And uh, I saw it, uh, uh, I was in college. Uh, or was I? Yeah, you were. Were you? You didn't go to I college. I can't remember that far back. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, um, of course, back in those days, uh, you know, they were thinking about things like surround sound and stereo, Dolby, and all this sort of stuff yeah, going on. Yeah, uh, Yep. And then uh, uh, when we saw it, it was in a local theater uh, in my college town, Dickinson, North Dakota. You probably don't never heard of that. Um, the uh, I've heard of North Dakota. I don't think I've heard of Dickinson. <laughs> I know North Dakota. <laughs> Well, Dickinson is about 60 miles from the border to Montana, so it's way out there. Okay. Um, okay. The um, uh, the theater was a very simple mono theater, and it wasn't anything special. I remember uh, uh, watching uh, a number of movies there, and it was what captivated me the most was the actual movie itself, the storyline and the characters, and I loved it so much. Finally, um, I moved down here to Fargo. Uh, 1980, and uh, uh, my brother lived uh, across the river here over, uh, I think it was uh, Borup, Minnesota. But anyway, uh, he would uh, invite me for lunch and dinner, like on the weekends and stuff, to, to with his family. And then we decided to go to the Empire Strikes Back. And that, oh, was, yeah. at a, yeah. that was at uh, a movie theater over in Moorhead, which also is across the river. And I've heard of Moorhead. I've heard of Moorhead. Yes. And they had the Dolby Stereo and Surround Sound System brand new, and it was the Safari Theater. Um, uh, Icon should remember that. Oh, yes, I do. And I remember uh, I'm sad that they, uh, there's no longer a theater. It's actually yeah. a church now. Yeah, it's no longer a theater. But it was uh, the uh, the theater that we saw it in would hold 400 people. And uh, we went to Empire Strikes Back, and the theater was full. And there's nothing cooler than going to a movie you love with uh, 400 other people yelling and screaming and hollering and having a great time throughout yeah. the whole movie. But I remember yeah. the, 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 big, uh, 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 the big thing that hit me was uh, in one of the opening scenes, when they opened that massive door to the outside world with all the wind whistling and stuff and uh, roaring around. Oh, yeah. you, heard, you heard that, and it surrounded you, and I had never heard that before. And from there on in, I was hooked with Dolby Stereo and Surround Sound, and I worshipped every other movie, uh, Star Wars movie that I went to, because it had that. And it made for a really, really cool uh, experience to enjoy a movie, yeah. a big screen movie like that. And uh, well, I kind of missed yeah, that. I'm, well, I'm glad you mentioned that because, honestly, uh, Ben Burt, who I've mentioned several times here, I call him the Jedi of sound. He's won the Oscar for sound more than once. And, well, you know, when, when ben, ben really did so much for film when it comes to sound, like they, they didn't, they never put that much. There's no movie that had ever put that much into sound. 
until Ben came along and uh, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and then all the other movies that were done over in Industrial Light and Magic, uh, Ben worked on the sound. And they had the biggest budgets they'd ever had for sound, and I don't know if people really realize how much the sound is a part of of the Star Wars films. Um, yeah, they, they have tried so to. many films. Yeah, yeah they yeah, have tried just, to. If you ever turn off the sound, turn off the sound on a Star Wars movie and watch it for about two minutes, and you'd be like, and then turn it back on, you'd be like, wow. Yeah, the sound is everything. To a sound, uh, yeah. it, it, uh, it enhances it so much. It like it brings a different depth to it, a different perspective to it. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. it's like opening up another sense, and uh, uh, that's all about entertainment. When you watch a movie, that's what you're after. I mean, you're after that experience. And uh, yeah. the Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars uh, uh, series really, really uh, worked uh, for that for me. And so now, uh, uh, every time I watch a Star Wars movie. Uh, I've got to have the 5.1 surround sound thing going yeah. because you want that effect, you know. Uh, Mark yeah. Dotson's our guest here on 89.1 Ken's head Pam. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to you in a second, Ken. But, uh, uh, Mark, uh, we have Granny here, and uh, she uh, is a big Hi, fan Granny. of one of your co- Hi. She's a big fan of one of your co-stars, uh, Gizmo. Granny, what do you have for our guest? Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned that, Icon. I did, I mean... I love the Star Wars movies. I mean, I love Gremlins. I mean, Gizmo, yes, he was such a sweet little character. I mean, and it was just so funny how that movie was made and how the Gremlins, you know, were created and everything. So were you just like the voice for Gizmo or were you the voice for the Grim some of the Gremlins too? <laughs> no, actually the voice of Gizmo the voice of Gizmo is Howie Mandel. Dealer no dealer. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Howie is the voice of Gizmo. That's the voice that Howie wow. used in his stand up act. At the end of his act he always did this little boy called Bobby. And actually, they did an animated series for a while called Bobby's World, and that was Bobby's I remember voice. that. Yeah, well, that's Bobby's voice, and he did. And then oh, I wow. saw how he interviewed on a talk show a long time ago. I don't remember what show it was, but I remember him saying they asked him about about doing voices, and he said, "I only do one voice." And they're like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Well, here you go, Bobby, Gizmo, and Scooter on Muppet Babies." One voice, mm-hmm. three characters. So yeah, yeah. But that's Howie. I got to work that's with Howie. Awesome. He was fun. He's Howie. Howie is just how you see him. That is really him. There's he's, that's not put on. That's Howie. Wow. And Mark, yeah. think about yeah, that. Yeah, if, if it wouldn't have been for you, we wouldn't have had Deal or No Deal. That's right. Deal or No Deal. That's right. That's Howie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And of course. I don't know how old you all are. I'm I'm in my 60s. Howie was a stand-up comedian to me, and he had this great million-selling comedy album. And then when I went over to work on the film, there he was. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Howie Mandel. And I got to tell him how much I loved his album and and his comedy. And, yeah, so that was fun. Well, those uh, were amazing not... movies, I tell you. Very you like, amazing you like movies. Gizmo. So. You like I already know, Godmother. You like uh, 
You like Gizmo better than the Gremlin. Well, I do <laughs> like Gizmo. He was a cute little fuzzy creature, you know. And he's a snitch. No, he's a snitch. No, he's my little brother, he's but he's a snitch. He wasn't a snitch. I mean, you know, but I just I love the movies, and I love Star Wars. I mean, you know, I, I love the well, Star Wars movies, too, so. Well, I do love my little brother. I do love him, but, oh, God, he gets us in so much trouble. We're just trying to have fun, I, you know. I know. No, I, just, I, I liked it when I liked it when the Gremlins were all in the movie theater. You know, <laughs> yeah, that, that, yes. that was fun. I mean, that's my favorite. That is my favorite scene, and I'll tell you why. When we were when we were doing the film, so we're doing it to picture. On that one, we did do it to picture. The film is shot. We're in post. We're on a on an ADR stage, um, automated dialogue replacement, and so. We're we're doing it to picture, and they'll show us the scene um, right before we're going to work on it. So they'll rack it up and show us the scene. When they showed us that scene, of course, I said I'm in my 60s. So um, they show us the scene, and I go, as we're watching it, I go, oh, my God. And Joe Dante, who's the director, I said it pretty loud, and he goes, what? <laughs> like something happened. I said, am I going to be in a movie with the seven dwarfs? And he says, oh, yeah, not only are you going to be in it with the seven dwarfs, you're going to sing with the seven dwarfs. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in heaven. This is amazing. Because I grew up on the seven dwarfs, right, Snow White and the seven dwarfs. That's my era. So here I am in a movie, and it's always the stuff from our childhood, from our, or in our early teens that, that, that stick with us the most. So I was just like, oh, my gosh. So yeah, that movie theater scene was Hi. You know, it was just like I was in heaven. I was in well, Disney I'll, heaven. I will be. I will be sixty-one in August. So yes, I was a part of that time frame too. So you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's I did love. I, I did love the Gremlins movies. I I did love those movies. Those were pretty fascinating. I still every once in a while they'll still show it on TV and I'll come across it and I'll have to sit and watch it again. Even though I know what's going to happen, i got to sit and watch it again. Yeah. I think, yeah. And, <laughs> and another one of the funny part was when the um, old lady that, that had to use the, the – Yeah, the, that's my other favorite. Yeah. For the staircase, I mean, you know, and in her house, and she's like, ah! <laughs> they sit her yeah. upstairs. <laughs> yes, uh, Mrs. Deagle. And yeah, yes. that was played by Polly Holiday. And yes, mm. uh, Mrs. Deagle, when we yeah, send her out the window, that is, that's hilarious. This my grits. That's right. That's Alice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's low from the show, Alice. Yeah, that was another uh, thing that was so, you know, when I was like, oh, wow, I'm in a movie with Alice. And I, there were so many great people in that film. And, um, you know, I'm I'm a fan too, so you know Gremlins too, same thing. Um, yeah, you, you got know, to be with Hulk I'm, I'm a huge, huge Adams Family fan. So when when I saw John Aston was on there, and I actually he creates Daffy, which is one the character that I did in Gremlins too. Yeah, just all that was uh, overwhelming to be a part of, to to be in films with those people. It's and, it's you know, surreal. The cool thing about Gremlins too is that you also got to be in there with Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he was going to kick our butt. I see. I have a reminder here. PG, please. So he was going to kick right, our butt. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Mark Dodson. So you guys, I guess. you guys know. 
you guys know well that to tell an actor, please keep it PG. We tend to have language. Uh, Ms. Rogers was talking about Wilford Brimley, and I was actually worked on, uh, I was a Ewoks and I was Teak in the uh, Ewoks Battle for Endor, which Wilford Brimley was in, and I happened to be over at the sound stages when he was working when they were doing pickup shots on the sound stage. Oh, boy, and there were kids in that in that film. And um, when Ms. Uh, Rogers was talking about him and saying how colorful he was, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember they had to keep telling him, Wilfred, there's children here. Watch your language. Yeah, he was uh, he was fun. I love you know, him. You know, my favorite line from that movie, The Battle of Endor, Star Cruiser, crash, crash, Star Cruiser, crash. That was wicked. <laughs> oh, my gosh, you know that movie. Wow, oh, I I love I love that movie. As a matter of that, fact, yeah, that was, uh, that was a TV special actually. But I think it around Thanksgiving it it was on. It was a it was a special. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, it, uh, there was part there was two parts of that uh, that film, and uh, with, uh, with with the, the Battle of Endor and the Ewoks adventure, the yeah. cool thing is about it uh, that was actually a a special that George Lucas liked because he did not like the Christmas special that they had. And if you, <laughs> if you had, if you had a chance to see that, I've had, actually had to sit through that five times. I actually hold the record here at the Fargo Theater for sitting through that uh, the most times, which was five. Uh, Mark Dodson's our guest here. We've got uh, 14 and a half minutes here. Uh, Kenny, I know that uh, you want to ask some more Star Wars stuff because you're such a sci-fi guy, and technically you own the place and you are my boss, so go ahead. <laughs> well, I never put tell, that. Kenny, Kenny, right. Kenny, since you're such a, since you're such a fi- sci-fi guy, I want to tell you and everybody listening something about George being a sci-fi guy. He was, so the plan was to do a Star Wars movie every three years. And the last one was going to be released in uh, 2021, or I'm sorry, 2001, in honor of his favorite, Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Space Odyssey, yeah. That was the plan in the early 80s. But then things happened, and he needed a break, and it kind of threw off the schedule. So then there was this big break between all the films. But yeah, that was uh, 2001. I know you're a fan of that, Kenny. Yes, uh, I've watched that. Uh, um, it's full of stars. Yeah, um, watched. Uh, I don't know. It's just like it was back in back in that day. It was like surreal to watch something like that because it had like this mind-opening surreal uh, aura about it, and. Uh, Dealing, yeah. dealing with the HAL 9000 computer and uh, yeah. uh, knowing that, uh, you know, I never really understood until years later what actually happened. And uh, the uh, what happened was that apparently uh, HAL got conflicting commands, and that freaked him okay. out. And, uh, and so uh, uh, he ended up basically revolting or whatever. And then uh, they basically had to shut him down and shut him down uh, memory bank by memory bank. And, uh, uh, you know, I just thought that was really amazing. But uh, the super effects, you know, towards the end of the movie there that they went through uh, was just like, you know, 
you were on like this huge acid trip or whatever, but not <laughs> not really taking anything, not you know? No, Sammy. Yeah, and uh, it was it was just awesome. But I do remember that, and uh, uh, you know, bits and pieces of that movie still keep coming up in social media here and there. Uh, oh yeah, what was it? Yeah, uh, that had to be. That's fifty years ago, isn't it? Yeah, about about oh. fifty years. Wow. Yeah, it would you have know? been. It would have been the. It would have been the mid seventies. Yep. Uh, we yeah. actually have a fan question coming in, guys. Uh, this is for both Mark and Ken. Uh, and I'll ask both of you guys. I'll have Mark ask first, and Ken can ask. Uh, because you guys are sci-fi guys and electronics geniuses, uh, <laughs> what uh, what kind of home theaters do you guys have? We'll, we'll have Mark ask, ask the question first. <laughs> oh, you'd be disappointed in me. I don't watch a lot of television. So I just really? have a... I yeah I really don't I have a real I go to see I go to the theater I go see movies, um, I like the outdoors I don't, I don't know I yeah I I have a nice beautiful big I don't even know what size the screen is it's a very large screen, um, but nothing special I, I really don't oh I hate to disappoint everybody, um, well, uh, I, well I do it I do my I do my viewing at the theater I love to go to the theater. And another thing, that's I hardly ever place. see them. It's the best place. It's, uh, you yes, never that is the them. best place. Uh, you you know? can't beat. Yeah. So talk about a big screen, and then with the advances, the electronic advances in sound quality, and uh, you know the stereo uh, idea now. Uh, that is the place to watch a movie. Still, it still is. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. You could have a five thousand square foot screen TV in your home living room. And uh, you know, a five billion watt sound system, but it's not going to be the same as being in a theater with that big, huge screen and four hundred people. You know, it's right. not the right. same. You know, Ken, the fan just asked. You have, and their the, popcorn. The their popcorn so good. Uh, yeah, Ken. <laughs> Ken, the fan. Popcorn is great. <laughs> yeah, Ken, yeah. the fan just asked. Ken, the fan just asked. So you have a ten billion dollar sound system upstairs? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a lot like Mark. I don't watch a lot of TV. I'm lucky if I watch the local news and weather, and uh, get uh, the national news. I really don't watch primetime TV at all or anything. Um, you're talking to a radio guy who has uh, lived his life in radio, and so most of my information ends up coming from radio. And uh, for those of you that uh, uh, aren't couch potatoes. And sit in front of your TV 18 hours a day. Um, I'm not one of you. I'm the kind that does a lot like Mark. I get up, and get out, get around, and uh, uh, you know I like watching uh, uh, movies in the big theaters. I do have, I think it's a 46-inch well, big-screen TV upstairs on the wall. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I, I'm bragging. You guys think I'm bragging, but it's true because Kenny, you've seen my TV. I actually have an 85-inch. Color TV. Well, yeah. good for yeah. you. Well, do you have to use glasses to see it? <laughs> well, no, I, uh, I I can stay I can stay way back. But uh, Mark Dodson's our guest here. Hey, Mark, are you going to be involved in uh, Gremlins Three? Oh, I sure hope so. But while you're on the while you're on the subject of Gremlins Three, there is Gremlins. I think they're calling it Gremlins Three: Secrets of the Mugwai. I think, and I believe it. 
that might be yep. airing tonight on HBO, which I definitely right. have to see that. So I guess I'm going to have to get HBO for a few days here and 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 watch because uh, I do want to see that. So that's animated, I, and that is is I believe it's out tonight. I swear it's tonight's the first night. They've been talking about a Gremlins. They've been talking about a Gremlins three um, theatrical a film, and you know uh, Chris Columbus, who wrote the original, it says that a script has been written and approved by him, who wrote the original. He said it's it's a little darker than the first one, more like the first than the second, um, and he says it's been approved, and they're just trying to get all the logistics and get everything together to be able to bring people back to work on it. Um, you know, I, he says he wants to bring in as many of the original people to work on it as were on the first film. So, you know, we'll see. But I've been hearing that for a few years now. Of course, the pandemic kind of messed up production schedules for people, so that probably put it on the back burner as well. But they swear there will be a Gremlins 3. And, well, all, you know, our, all our listeners are in, a, uh, are in line here, uh, Mark, if you're not involved in it, we're all boycotting it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll hold you to that. <laughs> uh, Mark Dotson's our guest here. We've got uh, about seven minutes here left with Mark, and I, I wish you were a lot longer. I mean, you know, Mark, we, we I actually booked you. Uh, if you recall, we've been uh, I've been actually talking with you since last summer, as a matter of fact. Was it really? I know it's been a while. Yeah. I, I, I know it has. What happened? <laughs> well, uh, well, well, not that I break it here, but thanks to uh, thanks to uh, Ken uh, having us on the air, we were actually booked up now with guests until the end of 2024, and I only had to find a slot for you, and I wanted oh, to okay. have you on for the longest period of time, and we all know that uh, I believe Ken, we're in sweeps, so uh, you're just going to bring the ratings to us, Mark. There you go. Okay. Well, I'm a radio guy, too. I was on the air. I was a DJ. I was a radio jock uh, for a few years. Did country radio oh, what? and did adult did contemporary. Yeah. Same yeah, here. I I, lot, a, lot of my, uh, a lot of my background is playing spinning country music uh, yeah. at uh, a lot of the uh, uh, different mom and pops uh, you know, around the upper Midwest here that I uh, actually worked for. Um, the first station I worked for was... Uh, in 74 and it was not a country station uh the second station uh, i actually helped build out in dickinson here we go again and uh oh, yeah i've heard yeah, of that, that place was, uh, now <laughs> it's not far <laughs> from, was, from montana it's right at the border right at the border yep and uh it uh, <laughs> it was a country station and uh we signed on in 78 i think but uh yeah there's, there's a huge background of country music there Although that is not my favorite genre of music. What's amazing, though, is when you work in radio and then you work for these different stations, you get to find certain songs that you kind of equate with. And so, yes, I do have some favorite country tunes, but it's classic country, to tell you the truth. Yeah, me too. I'm not a, well, not a big fan of the new stuff. No, that's All me right. too. That's how I, so, so what happened? I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I, I, Granny, you had a question? No, I'm good. Okay, all right. <laughs> no. Oh, so, we have, so we for have me, I'm, I'm classic country. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, we had Mark Dotson as our guest here. We have uh, five minutes here with uh, Mark. Uh, so we can do this here, Mark. Uh, our, our fans want to check out and see. Do you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got? I got a little bit of that. I have a Facebook, which is Mark Dodson, M-A-R-K-D-O-D-S-O-N. Um, I have a website, which has a lot of my work. Every, everything on there you can click on, and it'll a video will pop up. And that is markdodson.com. Um, I'm now on Instagram, and that is OG Mark Dodson. And the OG is something my kids gave me a few years ago. They said, Hey, Dad, you're in a, you're the OG, and I said, yeah, you know what the normal OG is, or not? They said, no, you're the original Gremlins. So I went, oh, that's well, great. Hey. I'll be OG. yeah, original Gremlins. So OG Mark Dodson, and I don't have my blue check mark yet because I just got on there a couple months ago, and they're taking forever to. But that really is me, OG Mark Dodson um, and, uh, on Instagram. And, and Mark, I don't if I'm not Twitter, I don't tweet. I'm, I'm, I, I, I say, guys my age, we cough, so and they don't have cough, so I'm not a tweeter. I'm old enough to be chirping instead of tweeting. <laughs> and uh, Mark, if I'm not, Mark, if I'm not mistaken, you did like you did like that collector's card that the icon made for you, right? I did, very, very much. Yes, yes, it's awesome. Thank you. And for Thank those you of you so who listen to our, yeah, for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to eighty nine point one Kansas FM page, like that. Do a ten dollar month donation, Power Tower, we'll get you automatically qualified to win an uh, autographed picture from past guests, current guests, or future guests. Uh, Mark, would you be willing to send us a few for giveaways? I'd be happy to. Sure. All right, and I'll send you yeah. that information on Facebook or on Facebook Messenger. Uh, okay. Yeah, we. Yeah, unfortunately, we only got we only got a few minutes here left with you. Uh, what uh, what what is the main project that you're working on now? If you can talk about it or not. Um, let's see. Tomorrow I have a session working on a big big character that's a guy named Clem. But that's all I can say. He's a creature, and I'm working on um I have a couple video games this week. But something I've been doing I started this year is a series. We're doing 50 episodes. And it's called Detectives Don't Sleep. And I narrate this uh, show called Detectives Don't Sleep. The company that puts it out is Noiser. And you can find it. If you just Google Detectives Don't Sleep, now it comes right up. There's episodes there. It's a podcast. And so I narrate that. And the episodes are about an hour long. And I narrate it from beginning to end. And they're really fun. They're, so they're whodunits. They're actual, true, real uh, murder mysteries and... Uh, all, all kinds of, you know, crime mysteries, and it's from the perspective of the detectives. So it's really, I really enjoy doing them, and people are liking them a lot. So check out Detectives Don't Sleep. Yeah, That's awesome. And, it, uh, it sounds like a, a lot like it would be uh, uh, something that you would have heard in the old-time radio, the, the old-time radio you know, dramas. You know, it kind of is because it's produced that way. It's got the music under and the sound effects behind it, and uh, yeah, so it is. It's like an old. People have said it. It reminds them of that. That have listened to it. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Uh, can you uh, can you send me a link to that on uh, Messenger? Yeah, I can. All right, and then uh, Ken and I will check it out. Uh, we'll hang out on the weekends and listen to your show. That'd be great. Yeah, anybody so, can Ken, go there and listen have... to it. 
So Ken, would I, I, would I, I get into trouble for uh, uh, for running it late nights on uh, on our station? <laughs> or is it a riot? Find out. Hey, all they can do is send you a cease and desist, and then you just don't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Never had you know. one of those, so that'll be a first. And, oh yeah, I was. Yeah, I, somebody told me. Yeah, we got one from Disney. I said, well, I'd frame that and put it on my wall. <laughs> so yeah. But, well, I'll tell you um, what, Mark. But, but that's all. That, that, for everybody, for everybody out there, if you ever want to try something, go ahead, and try it. That's the, the, that's all you're going to get. You're going to get a cease and desist. And then if you do it again, you're going to end up in court with people yep. that have way more money than you can ever fight. And you do, yep. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, you're going to lose your home. You're going to lose everything. Well, I'll tell you what, Mark, you have been a blessing, sir, and if we haven't scared you away too much, we would definitely love to have you on again uh, because uh, our chat room is going crazy right now. There's more questions we want to ask you. We're not going to be able to get to them uh, this session, but we'd love to have you on with us again. Well, that sounds great. Give us your uh, uh, Facebook address one more time there. Oh, it's just, well, I don't know. How do you do that? Mark Dotson. Oh, what what is my, here, let me look. Is there an actual address? I wouldn't know. Well, Mark dot. Okay, here. Yeah, there is. Okay. It's Mark dot Dodson dot seven three nine. I didn't even know that till now. Okay, that's your that's address, address for Facebook then. Okay. Well, yes, thank you. Oh, yeah. Hey, thanks, everybody. It's been fun. It really has. You guys are a joy. I enjoyed it. All right. We love thanks you, Mark. For being thank on. you. Thank you. Thanks all for having right. me. May the force be with you all. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. All right. Mark Dotson, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we got uh, we got about the two minutes left here before our, our theme I song. I am not your father. No, I am your father. <laughs> um, uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, hey, Ken, uh, thanks for filling in. You know, I wanted you to be on the whole show because uh, Matthias uh, uh, had a knee injury and his lady, uh, is, is, he can't do stairs. Uh, so he had an issue uh, with his last ring event. Oh, wow. Is he Okay. I don't know. He's not here, so. <laughs> well, obviously he couldn't negotiate stairs. Right, and uh, we should double this place. It's called call this place uh, the basement studio. We have stairs. There you go, and uh, soon we have an escalator. Uh, so uh, yeah, so we got about uh, sixty seconds left here before our theme song hits. But uh, you know, everybody, uh, if you want to check us out every Monday night, nine p.m. to eleven p.m. Central Standard Time here on eighty-nine point one Ken's FM. Uh, you can check our Facebook page, find out who we got on next week. Uh, guess what? We got another big show. I know I say that every week, but it keeps getting bigger. And uh, uh, you know, until so we next are time. doing a show next next week, even though it's Memorial Day. Just want to make sure. Yes, we are going to have a little. Uh, uh, our show will be, start a little differently. Uh, we're going to have a little tribute to our veterans. Uh, so stay tuned. I'm going to have Kenny help me out with that. Uh, in the meantime, remember it's not. It's not good night. It's not goodbye. It's just good night. Love each other. Care for each other. And uh, join us because we love you. And we want to thank you for tuning in because we are here to entertain you. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week. Thanks, thank you. Have a great week, everyone.